Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. Hope you're doing good and well. Everyone joining us in the chat box and of course those on catch up as well. I'm joined as always by Bailey. How are you doing mate? You good Joel? Yeah, I'm good. A bit tired due to the NBA finals last night as I stayed up somehow. But the sunshine's getting me, getting me ready for the day. Honestly, I, basketball, right? Yeah, I just, yeah. I can't. I, I've been to Madison Square Garden and seen the Knicks play. It was honestly so boring, <laughs> so boring. Um, I just couldn't get into it at all. But, you know, respect for anyone that is is into it and can, can yeah, really do it because I just I just couldn't. Um, Chris, did you watch the NBA last night? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, early night for me, good night's sleep. And, uh, yeah, um ready to go again today. I, I mean, I can't blame Bailey. Um, I can't blame any Arsenal fan trying to pass time, let the season's over, mm. waiting for the transfer window to open, we're waiting for, for big news to drop. Um, yeah, mm. uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get something soon. Yeah, uh, it, is, it is painful, isn't it, that we're resorting to basketball um, to get us through uh, at the time at the moment. But yeah, no, good morning, everybody. Join us in the chat box. Uh, we've got in here Stevie and Craig and Graham and Gigi, Andreas. Good morning, all of you. Someone called Umar Chowdhury, never heard of him before. Uh, Hector, good morning to you. Good morning, everybody joining us. Make sure to drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here. We talk about kind of the time that it's taking and a little bit of um, monotony, I suppose, about uh, the stories right now, because it is still very much centred on the primary targets, Jesus Tielemans, uh, as we know. But Bailey, is this, in a weird way, a good thing? Because, you know, we've got these targets, we're set on them, we're trying to get them done. Uh, and because it is just these kind of priority ones that we're doing, it does make them feel like they're taking longer, maybe. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think transfers are not an easy process whatsoever. Uh, it's good that we have our clear targets and we have our primary targets. However, I just hope in future ref for future references for future reference, sorry, these targets should not be in the media so early on during the, during the process. Because Gabriel <laughs> Jesus, we've known about it since late April. Telemans, we've known about it since around the same time as well. We've yeah. seen other transfers such as Liverpool of Darwin Nunes. How quick that's picking up! I can guarantee you, Liverpool had interest in Darwin Nunes the same time around Arsenal did with Gabriel Jesus, but that hasn't got out there. It's almost like we're putting ourselves, we're putting ourselves in a position where we can be embarrassed. And that's the way it seems like at the moment with players like Gabriel Jesus and players like Yuri Tillemans, because we need to be, if we are going to be out there in the press about we are trying to sign these players, then we need to be at a stage where we're in a strong position. But if we're coming in for more talks, apparently according to the Telegraph, we're coming in for a second batch of talks with Gabriel Jesus, that's not a position you want to be in when you're, claiming that he is your primary target. If he's your primary target, you need to be at a stage where a deal is almost over the line, a bid has been submitted, the personal terms are about to be agreed, rather than, oh, let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens here. Because I don't know any other club in this transfer window that has been interested in a player or named a player the primary target and haven't got their man or haven't been close to getting their man. Real Madrid now signed mm. two and many. They lost out on Mbappe. Went to go to Germany, signed him straight away. It seems Liverpool are going to going to sign Darwin Nunes. Newcastle made a sign yesterday. Of course, Aston Villa have also made signings. But again, transfers are a long process. And the transfer window is not open yet. So I won't throw my toys out of the pram and say, what are we doing? Blah, blah, blah. Not yet. And not until the transfer window opens. And if Gabriel Jesus is not over the line... Then so next tomorrow then? Week... So you're going to throw your toys out the pram tomorrow? <laughs> no, not tomorrow. <laughs> In a few weeks' time, by July, if Gabriel Jesus is not wrapped up, I am going to be disheartened and very, very worried. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see if Bailey's losing his mind by July. Of course, stick with us because we will be covering that content. Chris, how are you feeling about this? You know, do you feel like this is dragging on at this stage, or is it far too early to get worried? I think it's far too early to to get worried. I mean, as as Bailey said, there, you know, transfers can take very long period of time, and we've got to remember different clubs do things differently um you know and and the way they they wrap transfers up the way they work in negotiations and the time frame they put on things and every club operates in, in a different manner and a, with a different speed for lots of different reasons and i think um personally we'll see maybe more movement on the jesus and Tielemans front once the current international break has passed um, i think we're probably just waiting for for that to be over with until we can maybe talk to the player directly a bit more and, and, and get the sort of the understanding from the player side of things and, and, and the club. And um, yeah, then from then onwards, hopefully we'll see some, some sort of uh, more movement, I guess. Um, mm. I, I mean, look, you, you go on social media every day, you, you watch Sky Sports or you listen to sports channels on the radio and you read in the newspapers, you're always going to come across rumours and, and, and sort of transfer links and sort of certain whispers. And, um, you know, for instance, we've seen it with Jesus in the last few days, Real Madrid being linked, Chelsea being linked, even Tottenham. And, you know, as Arsenal fans who have been linked with a player, you know, since day one, um, and one of obviously the one of the first names linked with him, always been the favourites to get it over the line. It's, it's, it's obviously hard to sit there and not be worried and not be a little bit concerned with how long it's taken and, uh, along with these links to other clubs. And you just wonder... Oh, are we going to take too long? Is someone going to sort of get there before us? But um, we've got to remember that talks have been going on behind the scenes for a long time. I mean, Football.London's previously reported that the talks between uh, Eddie and, and Jesus's representatives, for example, have been happening over the last few months. You know, communication's been established, a relationship has been established, and obviously the agent publicly came out and said that talks were, were sort of encouraging and that they were um, interested in the project. So, We've got to look at the positives. We've got to obviously remember that the transfer window, again, like Rayleigh was just saying, it's not even open yet. Um, and there's there's a long, long way to go. And so much is going to happen. If you think, you know, a lot is going on right now, just wait until the window is actually open when we're sort of going into July. I can see a lot more happening, see a lot more surprises um, being revealed as well. And uh, no, I expect it to be a positive and busy summer for Arsenal. Yeah, I'm hoping that you're right. I, I've got confidence that you will be right as well because, you know, the targets that are being linked to are positive. You know, they're players that, you know, previously Arsenal weren't going for these Premier League proven talents. Now it seems that we are. It's a step in the right direction and it, it does take time. Also, these players are on international duty right now, you know, and that slows the process down significantly. They will return, you know, next week. It will be the end of that. So once that is over, fingers crossed, we start to see, you know, these types of, of deals accelerate and improving and how close they seem to be getting done. But there's always going to be this deadline that we're looking at with the preseason starting now, end of June uh, and the first game, of course, on the 8th of July against Nuremberg in, in Germany. So there's a target for Edu and Arteta to try and get business done by that point. In, in some regard, it's not all going to get done by then, of course. It's not realistic. But certainly some of those main options like Jesus and Tillemans, you would hope that maybe we can get those players across the line by that first friendly so we can get an opportunity to see them as soon as possible. Uh, in the chat box, uh, see people saying endurance says here, only Arsenal transfers take eternity, Chris. Um, I mean, it's what I do think sometimes is that because obviously we're so attached to Arsenal as Arsenal fans that 
we don't have an understanding or appreciation of the time it takes or the history of other transfers of other clubs. So it may feel like for us they take an eternity, but obviously it is the same in some cases for plenty of other teams as well. Uh, so Tonye says uh, we need signs that are complete. If we keep dilly-dallying, it might cost us. Remember what happened with Vlahovic. Uh, Graham says, I firmly believe that Liverpool were speaking to Nunez and his representatives are they played them in the UEFA Champions League, just as they did with Diaz when they played Porto in the group stages as well. And yet we've only just started to hear that Liverpool push come out in the last few days or so. Um, the other topic that I wanted to discuss around kind of the idea of, of transfers taking some time is that some of the players are quite tricky to resolve their futures because they only have one year left on their deal at Arsenal and Arsenal wants to try and get maximum value from these players. But when the interest isn't there, it's it's tricky. I mean, we think about Lucas Torreira, Fiorentina supposedly wants him, but they're able to get Florian Grilich on a free. They still want Torreira apparently, but aren't willing to pay the 15 million euro option that was there, which in itself seems mad considering how good he was for them last season, getting three player of the month awards. You've then got Bernd Leno, who you know has got a year left on his deal, barely played in the last year. The interest in him has not been high. Benfica have been mentioned. Hertha Berlin have been mentioned. And then you've got a player like Hector Bellerin, who's, you know, he wants to go to Real Betis, but they're in financial turmoil and have to make a certain amount of money by June, um, like by the end of June. And so therefore it makes it difficult for them to, to try and sign it with Roma supposedly also interested. And they all have one year left on their contract, Bailey. So when you analyse this challenge that Arsenal have, what's the acceptable kind of pass rate for Edu regarding these players about how much he has to try and get for them? Look, I think with these type of players in the last couple of years, the way we, we've, have, we've had dealt with our outgoings has been quite poor. And I think the, we need to draw a line here. From now on going forwards, we have to deal with our players who we're selling much better rather than giving players to other clubs easily, giving out loans easily, rather than trying to generate revenue before loaning them out. I think players like Bellerin, Torreira, they're redundant now. I think we've lost their value. We've completely killed them as an asset. They're no longer an asset to Arsenal. I think they've lost their value. So it's hard for Edu now to, to reverse that. And I think this is a big lesson going forward. We have players in the squad like Nicola Pepe, for example, loaning him next season. That could that could spell disastrous because he comes back from his loan. He'll have one year left again. He could have one year left or two years left. So again, that completely kills his value. So we need to be more savvy in the way we deal with our outgoings because loaning a player when they have one year left coming back into their contract, you're not going to be able to sell them or you're going to sell them for peanuts. So maybe if you do loan a player, let them agree to a new contract. Chelsea do it. They've done it with players like Bakayoko. They've done it with players they've sold in the past and then they loan them out. So if they come back to the club, they have a good season, then their value is still there because they're still under a decent amount, a decent lengthy contract. So Arsenal need to do the same. We can't be loaning out players who have one year left when they come back into the club. I think they need to sort that out and draw the line here because players like Bellerin and, and Torreira, we're not going to get money for them. But in the future, players like Pepe and players who we do sell, Reese Nelson, for example, we could get money from them. Yeah, I, look, I think it's going to be the management of expectation uh, around you know values of players, around the interest that's in for these players. And also the judgment on Edu that will obviously come from how we move these players on is going to be stringent and strict because you know we've been disappointed with how we've sold players in the past. But there's also, I think, got to be some context around these players. The interest is low. You know, the, the quality of these players isn't necessarily it's not wildly attractive. Otherwise, you'd have loads of clubs coming in for them. I'm not going to judge Edu on these types of players and how he gets the business done for these types of players. It's going to be on the, the main sales. Nicholas Pepe, for instance, is certainly a player that I look at and go, 
that's where more judgment will come about how much money you can try and get and how well you can sell someone like Nicolas Pepe. If you can get 20 plus million quid for a player like that, you know, fair play. But if you're not getting 10 odd million quid for Bellerin or Leno or Torreira, I'm not going to be wildly critical of that, to be honest, considering all of the context around it. Chris, where do you sit on this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, we, we've said for a very long time now that one of Arsenal's main problems when it comes to sort of the transfer side of things is is the, the not having that ability to to sell on or move on players for reasonable transfer fees. You know, we've had to be relying on terminating contracts, loaning players out while their contracts run down even further, getting sort of minimal fees for them. Um uh, I mean, look, you look at someone like Liverpool, for example, they've been really, really good at moving on players that perhaps haven't been playing a lot of football. Okay? I mean, the contract situation may be a lot different compared to some of the Arsenal players that we've had on our on our books, but still they're players that maybe haven't done as well or haven't been playing as much and they're still able to get 15, 20 million for them. So, um, look, I, I think you've been t- talking about Nicola Pepe there, for example, He's changed his agent recently. Um, I think, you know, the whole emphasis around that is to try and get him a good move this summer. And I think that will be the main objective for his new agent. I think Pepe would have told him, look, um, things haven't worked out here at Arsenal. I think it's time to move on to a new challenge. I think obviously Arsenal will probably be open to letting him go if reasonable offers are received. I mean, what are reasonable offers to them? We don't know, but you'd like to think, as you mentioned a minute ago, TC, something like 20, 25 million. If you can get that for someone like Nicola Pepe, considering, you know, where he is in terms of his contract and how well he's done at Arsenal, you could do a lot worse, you know, especially when you look at previous deals. So um, I think, you know, we'll be relying on those agents, you know, the likes of Bellerin, Leno and Pepe, as I mentioned, amongst others, you know, we'll be relying on them quite a bit to, you know, do their job and to try and, you know, find something for their clients, find something, not only for them, but what is going to be suitable for Arsenal. And I hope Edu sort of put his foot down a little bit and told them, look, we're not going to be messed around this summer. We've, you know, been done dirty before. Um, We haven't had much success. And look, your job is to find your clients new clubs and to resolve their futures, not only for them, but for us as well. And we want you to do as much as you can. We want to obviously get good fees in in return. Um, You know, at the end of the day, it's trying to make the player happy and the club happy. So, you know, hopefully there's positive outcomes with some of those names we've been talking about and obviously those that are maybe looking to move on from Arsenal this summer. But again, you know, it's a reminder that Arsenal just can't afford to keep running these contracts down. You know, you've got to be decisive. And if, you know, I think potentially even last summer, TC, I know obviously a lot has happened since, but even last summer, did did we really need to keep Nicola Pepe this season? I'm not Mm. sure we did. Um, obviously, it would have meant we'd have to have someone else there to, to fill in, obviously, because we're, we're short for depth anyway. But he hardly played. Maybe last summer we could have got a better transfer fee for him because he had more left on his contract. Um, but hey, the, you know, everything happens for a reason. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're obviously in this situation heading into this summer. Um, all we can do is obviously just keep our fingers crossed and, and hope that clubs out there somewhere with some money can, can uh, do us a favour. Yeah, no, we're going to have to keep our fingers crossed, absolutely. But there's so many players on our books that are are looking like they will move on this summer. You know, Nelson 
Maitland-Niles, as we've mentioned, Leno Bellerin, Torreira, Pepe, uh, Pablo Marie could go. Um, there's there's so many options out there that Arsenal can try and get some money from to then reinvest into potential incomings, which is going to be the hope that we've all got. To round off today's show, there was some interesting news dropping yesterday about Marcelo Flores. Will not be going with the under-20s uh, Mexican side this summer to the under-20 World Cup, I don't think. Um, he'll be remaining with Arsenal to fight for a place uh, across the preseason tour, uh, which is very interesting. We're I'm looking forward to this tour, Bailey, because I think there's lots of exciting talent that a lot of the Arsenal fan base are much more aware of because of you know their presence on the bench in the senior games, playing in the uh, the Carabao Cup in the form of Patino, of course. And the under-23s got a lot more attention last season because they impressed and, and were, for most of the season, you know, in a bit of a title race with Manchester City before trailing away towards the end after some players went on loan like Balogun in January. So when you see that Marcelo Flores news and, and him being kind of with the squad for um, the preseason, does that give you kind of a an encouragement that maybe more youth players are going to be given a chance next season, especially with not only Europa League football, but with the five sub-brawl that's coming in too? Yeah, I definitely believe... Um... For the Europa League, that would be the case. I'm not too sure about the Premier League because I remember last season when our squad was extremely thin and we still had mm. subs left over and Arteta would simply refuse to, to bring on the youngsters. So hopefully that does change this season and uh, the the boys, they have a chance in pre-season to really show their worth and show the potential they have so Arteta can use them in, in competitions like the Europa League. So yeah, it's great. It's a great chance for Marcelo Flores to, to really put himself. I don't think he will... I don't think the preseason will be enough for him to, to stake a claim in the squad, but I think it will be enough mm. for him to put himself forward in Arteta's thinking, maybe for future plans that he can potentially break into Arsenal's team in the future. Chris, do you look at Flores as, the, as potentially an Arsenal starter? Because he plays in kind of an attacking midfield role, which when you look at the team is is occupied by Odegaard, of course, right now, and Emil Smith-Rowe, who are also very young. Um, and when you look at the exciting talent that's coming through, is there a concern maybe that, the age profile of the starters right now is going to be a, a blockade and an obstacle for those players to have to overcome that might not be realistic? I mean, potentially, but I mean, I think they can also look at those ages and those players that are in the team and the first team set up right now. You know, you mentioned the likes of Smith-Rowe, Saka. They've gone through the same system. They've had the same journey as someone like Flores, you know, coming through the academy, coming through the ranks. And hopefully, you know, that should be viewed as, as sort of, you know, a positive thing and you know, a bit of sort of motivation to those Arsenal young guns. Um, I, I mean, pre-season is, is a great opportunity for Mikel Arteta to assess, you know, those, those young players coming through. Um, you know, obviously we, we speak about the, the five or the introdu- uh, an introduction of the, the five substitutes in the league next season, obviously in addition to the return to Europe, of course, that's, that's great. It provides more opportunities. It is a big boost for, for those youngsters. But um, yeah, like I say, I mean, pre-season is the, the moment. It's the time for Arteta to actually see if they're ready or not for that next step. And that will be the, the main the main thing behind pre-season and, and taking someone like Flores with them. So, I mean, I'm excited by him. I think I've watched the clips, not only with uh, with Arsenal, but obviously with them. Um, the, the the Mexican national team with the under twenty under twenty threes under twenty ones really really big prospect um, big talent lots of potential um, obviously very highly rated and um, I mean look he, you you just have to look at the likes of like I say Saka and Smith Rowe amongst others over the last few years and why why can't he make it I, I think he can in the future um, whether or not it'll be this coming season who knows but he absolutely has a chance to stamp his place down in this Arsenal team. And 
just keep doing what he's doing. You know, he's, he's obviously moving in the right direction. It's attracted Arteta's att- attention and enough attention to obviously um, select him for that pre-season tournament and to give him those chances. Obviously, he has obviously um, been named on the bench a few times in the Premier League already with the first team squad. So, yeah, hopefully he can keep it up, moving in the right direction, just keep doing his thing. And, um, I mean, all eyes obviously pre-season because uh, that's the next big sort of opportunity for him now to actually prove to Arteta that he's ready. Absolutely. Um, I hope he is ready because it's going to be a challenging pre-season, that's for sure. And there's going to be plenty of opportunities given to these young guys, I think. The one I'm most excited about is is Brook Norton Cuffey at right back to see what he can bring to the team, if he can be an option for the senior side next season because he's shone for Lincoln. I know it was only Lincoln, but he he was by far and above the best player on the pitch so many times when he played. So he's got that potential. It's just going to be about seeing if that can be put down on the field next year. Uh, thank you ever so much, everyone that's tuned in today. Uh, we'll be answering plenty more of your questions in tomorrow's show. There should be more content for you on the channel as well in the coming days. So make sure you are subscribed. A massive thank you to everyone that's helped us reach 13,000 subscribers as well on the channel. Uh, brilliant stuff. And thank you for the continued support bailey thank you so much for coming on the show as always my friend thank you tccd and everyone in the comment section as well indeed thank you chris pretty much appreciated fella cheers mate pleasure as always thanks bailey and thank you to everyone tuning in and i hope everyone has a great day absolutely we will see you again very very soon at least uh, for the 10 a.m show tomorrow of course uh, have a great day and as always keep following us down the arsenal way <laughs> <laughs>